Hi, I'm Jeremy Leslie. Welcome to the 24th episode of the Mag Culture Podcast. I'm at the Mag Culture Shop, which has been open again to customers for several weeks now. What a relief it's been to have people browsing again. It's what the space is for, and customers have been happily doing so. I'm also excited to be able to welcome back a live guest to join me here at the shop for this episode of the podcast. Emmanuel Gutal is the woman behind the stunning new magazine, Objection, promising a new look at interiors. Each edition will look at a single room type, and this first one covers the living room. We took a look at it recently on the Mag Culture Journal and concluded it was the perfect riposte to anybody thinking that the interiors magazine is a tired genre. Emmanuel's just out, out in the shop looking through the shelves at the moment to collect together a few magazines to talk about, and while she does that, I'll take you through the contents list for this episode. First up, I'll be updating you on Mag Culture News, and then Emmanuel and I will take a flick through some recent magazines, including, of course, her own. Then we'll cross to Amsterdam to hear from the founders of Fantastic Man. I spoke to Jop van Bennekom and Gert Jonkers earlier this week as the 33rd issue of Fantastic Man arrives in the shops. We talk about the last year, the still new square format that they adopted, and the reuse theme of the new issue, as well as getting into some real detail about how the magazine is produced. And then we'll end with our back issue, and this time we look at German magazine Form and Zueck. So what's new at Mag Culture? Well, reopening the shop has been a breath of fresh air, literally. Uh, we've had the door open. It's supposed to be a public space, of course, uh, and yet it has been private for too long. We're also in the final planning for our spring conference. We would normally be setting up our pop-up shop in New York and holding a live conference. But right now, of course, that's not possible for obvious reasons. So instead, we'll be celebrating that city and its publishing industry with our We Love New York online event. Check online for full details. It's all coming together as I speak. So welcome, Emmanuel. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, thanks for making the trip. You're quite local. Are you in, is it Hoxton? Yeah, I live in Hackney, yeah, near yeah, okay. London Fields. Yeah, uh-huh. so it was like a quick bike ride. Uh, before we come to your magazine... Um, Tell us a little bit, bit about what you're doing the rest of the time. I mean, you know, the Objection is your first issue and your first self-published magazine. So what are you doing the rest of the time? So I, um, I run my studio. We do, you know, branding um, for, um, f- for clients in like the luxury field. Um, and so, yeah, so this keeps me um, busy. And then, um, and then, yes, now we are developing more of Objection. We're developing the digital side of it, and it's very exciting, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and you've just been out in the shop um, pulling out a few magazines. Yeah. Do you want to just uh, introduce us to a few of them? Yeah, so I picked um, the uh, B magazine, mm-hmm. uh, the home issue, because I really wanted to... Um, to have a look at it, and I didn't have the chance yet. And uh, um, yeah, I'm really curious to see, you know, how they interpret this theme of the home. And I saw they interviewed, um, you know, the people from Apartamento, the modern house. So it's all these, you know, um, very um, interesting uh, people that are um, pioneer a bit. You know, like is these people that really like changed the scene, you know, of how you see, um, you know, yeah, the house, the home, mm-hmm. the interior. So there, I'm really curious to see uh, what's in there. It seems really interesting, and I love the format. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's very it's nice. A, it's, yes, it's, it's quite. Uh, it's, it's, 
chunky, small format. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's tactile. Uh, it's you know the paper. Um, the papers are actually really nice inside. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to did, see. Did, did, in preparing objection, did you look at a lot of other magazines of interior and home magazines? A little bit, but not that much. I mean, um, I looked at you know um, um, MacGuffin, which I picked from your shelf, mm-hmm. of course, um, which is you know a big. But then you know all the Milk magazine and uh, Wallpaper, all these you know I sort of like digested them already, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah, yeah. You, you know them, you pick them, you know, regularly. Um, so, no, I think for Objection, it was really about um, um, f- following my own creative vision at some point and like, um, you know, uh, focusing on this. So, of course, at first we looked at everything else, but then at some point when I knew I wanted to do the magazine and we were like, mm-hmm. let's do it, I think I just, you know, started to be more in my little bubble <laughs> yeah, yeah, for a while. Yeah. Had to cut off. And, yes, and, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, was it a long time coming? Yeah, so um, it took about a bit more than a year. Um, but I think the, I, the idea of doing a magazine about interior, um, it started like maybe a year and a half ago. I was talking about it to a few you know, friends like that. And, um, and then at some point... Um, actually, you remember very well. At some point, I met um, my friend and uh, former colleague Isaac, who's a creative consultant on the magazine, and we had a drink at the pub. And I was telling him that I really wanted to do this project, uh, but I couldn't find a name. And he was like, "Oh my god, I have the name for you, Objection!" And I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and D- tell us a bit about that. Yes, I do. Because yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't get it at first. Yes, but, so yes, just yes. Explain the name. Uh, well, you know, it's good. So I wanted to do something about the objects and the interiors and how we could, you know, um, how they are represented, you know, in in visual culture in general. Or you know, if you look at like catalogs, you know, of furniture brands, uh, I was a little bit underwhelmed. Like, except you know, a few really amazing brands that are doing an incredible job with their image. Most of the time it's like everyone is shooting their sofa with like, you know, in a fake set or like it's always a little bit the same. So, um, and so, yeah, so it, it had this object, you know, the name of object in the name, but also objection, even though we're not trying to be rebellious or, you know, um, uh, alternative, it's not about alternative culture, but it was more about like, you know, offering something different, something to be like, you know, you could do better, you mm-hmm. know, you can do different at least, not better, but like you can do different and um, and you can push a bit, you know, the work. Um, and of course, you know, that's why independent magazines are a great platform because it gives you the opportunity to explore, be free and, mm-hmm. you know, um, working outside you know, commercial uh, purpose, you know, so it's, it's much more easy to do certain shoot that if it was, you yeah. know, of course, to, to, to properly sell a product. Mm-hmm. And, and you mentioned MacGuffin as a magazine that you'd been referring to in the Yes, process. of course. Yeah, yeah because at, at first I was interested in um, maybe doing, uh, yeah, a magazine about maybe an object. I was trying to, to see how to um, explore the theme of the interiors and the objects. And um, and then I discovered Mike Guffin, which is amazing, and uh, it's been you know it's been a reference, but also um, it gave me yeah it gave me sort of like the tone of where I wanted also objection to be because Mike Guffin they give so much incredible information about the subject the object, um, and I wanted objection to be um, less like. Um, encyclopedic, if mm-hmm. I may say, you know, like just something much more like creative and and just 
the theme is the skeleton, but really, you know, the way we approach it is very free. So we have like one part which is about the history of the living room because I wanted this, you know, um, put things into context. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think really the idea was like, you know, to get everyone to push boundaries a bit and express themselves. And, you know, all the team, the creative team we work with, I really wanted everyone to be um, excited about like creating, you know, things that are a bit unique and that, you know, you don't have the chance always to, to do. So it was really to create this space, mm-hmm. um, like this playground. <laughs> and, and well, space is the thing. I mean, we've got, we've got quite a few magazines here on the table and, uh, as I mentioned, Fantastic Man, so there's a copy of that here. And that is big, but it's not as big as, as Objection. Um, t- tell us, I mean, the, the physical nature of it is very important. Yes. D- just, just describe that for people that maybe haven't so seen it. So it's, it's like almost an A3, it's slightly, it's slightly narrower um, format. It's quite big and it's completely unbound. So it's just like folded and unbound. And um, it's funny because it's, I knew, there were a few things I knew when I started the magazine. So I knew a couple of the editorial like, you know, they were like the beginning of like, I want to do this shoot, mm-hmm. I want to do this story. And then I knew I wanted this sort of like really big format with this unbound, you know, like from, I don't know, I had this in mind. I think also, you know, Egoist magazine, I always loved it. It's always been around. Um, I realized recently my diploma project was about the space of the page and mm-hmm. it was unbound as well and uh-huh. quite big. Yeah, so yeah. It's quite funny. I think it's just like this sort of like, natural like thing but I think I really I was like if I'm doing a magazine I want to do it really well and I want to do it you know I want to give it all you know so I was like if I'm printing something I want it to be you know spectacular and like uh, there and also I wanted people to take the time because I'm doing objection a bit like also you know we are constantly seeing images on social network you know and, and we just I just wanted like when you look at a magazine, you take the time and I wanted people to have to, you know, be on a big table and you have to f- take the time to flip through it. Is that something you can like flip through it in the streets? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you really yeah. need to like, you know, take the time. And I like that from mm-hmm. that format. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, for me, for me, the, I mean, the format is fantastic. And, but the format, but also the, the, the paper yeah. is heavy and it's rich and it feels feels really lush. Yeah, the paper is amazing. So we've been using the symbol tatami by Fredrigoni. Um, and it's really amazing because, you know, I wanted really something that feels like um, matte, but like, you know, with like this coated feel as well. So mm-hmm. the images could be really like, you know, the most uh, beautifully um, printed really. And, and this paper makes all the colors look so deep and, and bright. It's, it's amazing. And all the photographers, like they were all like, super pleased and this is really great I think yeah, yeah. Well, it's great to see the vast colourful pictures on, on huge pages yes exactly yeah it's um, really yeah yeah, yeah. and the, the other thing that struck me about the physical uh, entity was the because um, as you say it's unbound and I know re- hands on in terms of running a shop that that can cause problems but you've, you've bagged it but you've not bagged it it's neither a see-through glossy bag nor is it a, 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 an opaque it's semi-opaque yeah. and it just it, it works really well. I, mean, oh, that's great. I, I don't like bags, but that, but that bag works. <laughs> well, I didn't want to. We had options. I mean, uh, actually, Park Communication, the printer who helped us, like they've been amazing and gave us the best advice. And really, they followed us. We worked together for like maybe six months before we approved the format, the paper, everything. Um, 
they've been very patient and very nice. And um, yeah, so we had two options. It was like whether we'd have like this shrink wrap, you know, um, uh, plastic really paper. But I didn't want plastic. And um, so we found this compostable um, bag. And um, so they are a bit like um, semi-opaque indeed. Um and yeah, it's, it was really like uh, a matter of being conscious, you know, like we produce something and um, even though it's small quantity, I just didn't want to have any plastic or anything like that. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. around that. Yeah, yeah, quite right. So the physical nature, you've talked about the quality of, of the production and the photography, but then can you just highlight a couple of stories from yeah. the issue? Yeah, so I think, um, yeah, I'm just going to have a look at it yeah. again. Um the Charleston house and the crime scene were like the first ID mm-hmm. I really wanted to see alive, you know, and that really um, motivated me really to create the magazine. Um, and yeah, so for the crime scene, we, um, I, I really wanted to do this um, story where we could uh, incorporate, you know, narrative. I, I mean, across all objection is about that is bringing back objects in context, in, in storytelling, you know, and uh, so the crime scene, I want. I always had this vision of like this series, a bit cinematographic, um, where really the objects are a big part of like telling the story. Uh, so I wanted some models in it, but you know, it was really about like bringing the furniture first. And so um, François Coquerel, um, who's a great photographer who works um, for for great. Um, magazines um he does like he shots like interior uh, photography and he you know he got in touch like you know would be great to do something together and I was like well it's perfect timing I'm mm-hmm. doing objection and actually I thought like this story would be amazing because um Francois he shots beautifully interiors and he has this very special like really um touch you know like you can recognize immediately his image um and I was I, I wanted to incorporate um some some fashion in it and uh, he was actually very interested in doing this because he told me he didn't do any fashion photography um for a while and uh, and it it was just very exciting and i think the series looks really great and um and he has this very personal way of shooting you know fashion and mm-hmm. and, and the model and i think like there is this really to me like iconic like uh, photo that i love where you have like um, the inspector standing in this um, empty living room, and I think it looks great. And I was yeah, so pleased. It's very filmic. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this was great, and it was amazing because also you know I projected something, but then Francois brought his touch as well. So it's always nice when you have this little magic, you know, mm-hmm. moment where you have your vision, but being also um, told by someone else, and it's all great. And then you mentioned the ashtrays. Yeah. Is- Completely different. Completely different. Mm. And that's what also, you know, it's great. It's like, so uh, Gaëtan Bernadette, he's like a French photographer who lives in London. And he came to the studio one day to show me some of his photos. And he was taking um, photography of these flowers with this technique uh, mm-hmm. called the collodion, where, you know, it's this old technique where you just print directly on a glass um, um, and, and then you just... Um, 
discover the photo with the liquid, you know, and, and so you have all these stains and like texture and it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I was like, it was the same. It was all these people you meet at the right time, you know, like, so I was like, oh my God, I'm doing, I'm preparing objection. I was like, we need to shoot objects like that. So it was like a conversation for a few weeks trying to understand what kind of object would we shoot. And then um, I loved the idea of shooting these ashtrays because it's this object that is completely disappearing. I mean, like, you know, less people smoke and uh, um, and suddenly they become like sculpture, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I liked also the idea that we are shooting this disappearing object with this disappearing old photographic technique and it's all very poetic and and nice and and it's got this timeless you know um, feel but it's very strong it's uh, this series um, I have lots of uh, great comments on that series mm -hmm. yeah they're beautiful and then there is a Charleston house so that was like something as well um, I wanted to explore because um, the story behind the people living there is, is incredible in such an iconic um, an historical place. So I like to bring also this historical, you know, mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, information also, uh, you know, into the magazine. Um, and so we shot with Elena Randina. Um, and same, she has such a unique, you know, world. Um, um, and so we just brought back to life this, you know, like, creature <laughs> mm. um, and um, yeah it's all about like the colors and like um, and it's, there's a it's, it's the it brings the glamour and the color and the exactly uh, yeah life. of the place uh, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. alive and 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 I think it's the same is like this um, we, we shot at the study room which was used a bit like a living room and what I want to say about that piece which is important actually is that um, I, you know, we wanted to talk about this historical place. Um, and so I, we also worked with uh, Garance Meillon, uh, who's a French author. And um, she brought back, you know, she created, I gave her carte blanche really to write something mm -hmm. about, to accompany the photo that are a bit surreal. And she wrote this dialogue between um, Vanessa Bell and Virginia Woolf. Um, and it's very poetic. It's very, it's, so it's like a play. And I think this accompanies so well the photo. And it's really what I wanted to do with Objection is like it's not only nice images. You have, you know, a level of information where you learn about history and, and places and, and things like this. But you also have like sort of literature. And we brought that literature also into the series shot by Chris Rhodes, where um, we got the excerpt from the book called The Television uh, from Jean-Philippe Toussaint, um, which was a real honor to be able to publish. Um, so yeah, I think that was an important part mm -hmm. when, when doing the magazine. I didn't want it to be just images. And uh, I mean, you know, this is the living room. Uh, you are limiting yourself to only six editions. Yeah. Can you tell us what the next edition is, or is that still...? Uh, I think, no, we know which one it is, but I feel it's kind of nice to maybe okay. let, uh, yeah, give a bit of suspense. I mean, we will reveal soon, like, what it is, but at, at the minute, I think, um, also, it's an annual magazine, so um, I like the idea of taking the time and, you know, mm -hmm. if we change our mind, but I don't think so, but, yeah. Cool. Wilson, thanks for coming in Thank and you talking so much. to us about it. Um, I can't recommend it enough. You've got um, we've got a whole year of the living room, so enjoy the living yes. room and then we'll find out what the next room we yes. go into is. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Bye. After this quick break, we're crossing to Amsterdam to hear from Fantastic Man. 
London Printers Park Communications play a key part in the independent publishing scene, helping ambitious magazine makers turn their dreams into reality. Just look at the latest issues of The Plant, Port and Objection to get a sense of what's possible. Three very different magazines, all beautifully produced. As well as helping you achieve the highest creative standards, Park are fully committed to helping you produce your magazine in the most environmentally friendly and sustainable manner. Check their website for details. Search Park Communications. Just like MagCulture, Park love magazines and we're proud to have them sponsor this podcast. The fourth issue of Fantastic Man's bold new square format has just been released. Following an issue devoted to Greece, another to Rem Coolhouse, then Hair, the latest issue is themed reuse. I find this the best of the new series to date, as informative as it is funny. I remain very excited about the new format. Editor-in-Chief Gert Jonkers and Creative Director Jop van Bennekom joined me last week on Zoom to discuss their lockdown lives and their new issue. Yop and Yurt, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, you're, you're both in Amsterdam, right? That's true, yeah. Yes. Uh, but you're not together, so we're going to be having this uh, interesting three-way conversation. First of all, can, can you just identify yourself so people can recognise voices? So, um, first of all, Yop, you're, you're there uh, in your flat? Uh, no, I'm in my studio. I have a workspace here in Amsterdam now, and, uh, uh-huh. and you can recognise me by this voice. <laughs> A little bit different than Gert, they will introduce him now next. Yeah, yeah. So over to you, Gert. Uh, so this is Gert, hello. Um, yeah, that's my voice. Cool. Well, as I say, thank you very much for joining us. Um, have you, am I right in thinking you've both moved permanently back to Amsterdam? Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, we both had places there in, uh, in, in London. I've been living there for 13 years. But I still have my own place also in, um, in Amsterdam, and we have been putting the magazines together uh, also in Amsterdam. Uh, especially Fantastic Man, we only start, started putting it together in London uh, two years ago, so three years ago. So um, we always had this relationship between Amsterdam and London, and that relationship has very much changed now because of Corona. Mm-hmm. And is, is that move partly dictated by the COVID situation and the pandemic, or is it just a natural thing that happened? Um, mostly COVID, and for me personally, uh, visa problems of my partner, who's American, and of course, Brexit. Um, and, and also, uh, I really needed a change. Uh-huh. And I always thought, uh, moving back to... Moving back to to Amsterdam feels a bit like a quitter or something, or moving, you know, a kind of a regressive move. But actually, I really like it. Mm-hmm. So it sort of forced me to make that decision. But you know, being back here, it feels good, and of course, uh, it has been really hard in the UK and especially in London uh, with a very very hard lockdown. So I've been counting my blessings being in Amsterdam. Uh-huh. And uh, like, like everyone, you're working remotely. So, you, you, I mean, you're, you're in your studio, but you're, but you're not spending a lot of time with your colleagues on the magazine. Yes, but everything is remotely now. So so we have a lot of Zooms yeah. and phone calls and emails. So everything is digital. Is that satisfying? No. But, you know, it's also, we've just made a first issue of Testing Man 
without our colleagues of, in London being being here to put it put it together here in Amsterdam. We put it together in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And that was a bit of an experiment, but it's it's doable. It's of course not preferable. Um, but yeah, this is just the situation we find ourselves in. And then of course you, I mean there's Fantastic Man, which we're gonna be primarily talking about, but there's also the gentlewoman, and I know Penny has been the editor the editor in chief, Penny Martin, has been uh, based in Scotland for some time. So it gets even more remote in terms of everyone spreading out. Well completely. I mean everybody is somewhere um i mean it's, it's a shame we're not seeing each other and that's uh i miss my colleagues and i miss london i miss traveling mm-hmm. uh but yeah you know i mean like a lot of people we found out that it's actually is possible technically to keep on working from a distance when you're making fantastic man is is one of you sat in front of word and the others in front of indesign are you still making pages together yes yeah very much hands-on uh, we also have a kind of pretty small team and and we're still both heading both teams the design team and the text team so um, I think it's uh, we're very much involved yeah and I think also for, for, for talking about fantastic man is also we we have to I feel uh, it's 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 also our personal voices coming through I mean, that, that's always been a very important part of the project. And it feels like since you um, you reinvented the magazine, uh, it's, it's probably, well, it's almost a couple of years ago now. It's four issues ago, you went square, right? Yes, yeah, four issues. In a sense, it's, at that point, somehow your voices became even more present, more important somehow. Is that fair? Well, the magazine is more present. I mean, I see it's literally sticking out there behind you. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it doesn't fit on the shelves. It's really inconvenient. <laughs> Well, I think by, by making a, a themed issue and by going into an unusual format of the magazine, I think we, in a sense, also left a little bit more the mainstream of magazines where there's, you know, always the same kind of, like, size and dimensions of a magazine, always with a face on it or with a portrait or all the things we've been doing. And we much more went on an adventure. And I think you people feel that. People feel that there's that an sort of editorial experiment is on the, on the, at the core of the magazine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think people can o- overlook the fact that when it first began, it was very much an experiment. It was very much a new voice in, in men's publishing, but it settled into itself. And so it was a very brave move shifting on so dramatically. How have people received it? Uh, very well. I think, especially the Greek issue, a lot of people like the, the fact that it had the balls to change things and not being, let's say, complacent. Um, and it's feeling also a little, I don't know, a little bonkers and exciting and uh, and different. That it wants to be different. Uh, it wants and it wants to explore the world. So it's more like. Fantastic Man dives into the world and has a different dialogue with the world than, than it just, um, let's say, sitting back and, and picking its subjects. Um, and that has continued. Um, now, I have to say uh, that, of course, it has been also difficult because the issue I really liked very much, uh, which we made with Rem Kolhas, came out exactly at the beginning of the first uh, lockdown. And then we found ourselves in a place where we couldn't really uh, mobilize the whole theme and all these people. So we make two issues now, uh, one about hair and one about reuse and secondhand, 
which are both like take a little bit different approach, make things a little bit more light and simple, and um, and we're not like heavy, very heavy exploring a subject. It's not very hermetic. It's very uh, it's a, it's basically the best we can do, I think, in this uh, in this climate. With changing the magazine, which happened two years ago now, yeah, a year and a half, two years, a year and a half, basically. We've also been in this lockdown where, in a way, we couldn't speak to a lot of people. I mean, I don't know what your experience is, but mm-hmm. I think we're all sort of like dying to talk with people from the industry again and sort of run into colleagues, sort of yes. like bump into people. And um, since we since we've been deprived of that, uh, I, in, a, in a normal world, we would have had a better opinion about what people thought of the change. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm, is that, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're excited to change it, but you also just want to sort of see people's reaction yeah. and hear people's reaction. And uh, I think... And look, know, in, look into their eyes and see the truth. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, so, and, you know, be at a dinner party and first, you know, first the niceties, niceties come out and then three glasses of wine later, they actually say what they mean. Yeah. <laughs> but since we've not had a dinner since February mm-hmm. 2020, um, you know, it's it's you know, it, it it's we're making it slightly in a in a vacuum, like everybody's working in a vacuum. So we like it, but I hope other people like it too. I, I feel particularly um, excited by the new issue, but I want. I, I, I want to come to that, but I just want to pick up on something you said, Yop, in terms of so, so the, the hair issue and this new issue, which is the, the reuse, recycle issue. Um, these were, from what you said, did I understand correctly that, the, that those themes were perhaps not things you were planning to do, but have come about because of, of the, the sort of limited ability to travel or send photographers abroad or whatever it is that it might take to do other themes? Yeah, partly. Um, I, I think especially with the last issue we had to uh, organize things very differently like everything needs to be organized locally and interviews need to all happen remotely so uh, yeah it's just sets a very different uh, set of rules and, 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 and what's possible but we also try to take advantage of it and saying like oh let's let's now really work with people we not, have not worked with before or work in a different way and and facilitate more and uh, trying to make different things possible. And that I think you can still see in a magazine. There's a kind of like, I think we're trying to energize the magazine in a different way. But I think that's the word I would use for the new issue. It feels very energetic and you describe it as euphoric and, and there is a, a sort of almost, uh, almost crazed following of the theme um, across the board in terms of the content and, and some of the little graphic tricks and stuff. What took you to, to take that theme particularly at this time? Sort of separately, a lot of people in the team thought about it. I mean, you sort of, you know, we, we, we have a preliminary discussion about it and, uh, and, and it turned out that Jop as well as Jody as, and, and myself and probably more people even were sort of like toying with the idea. Um, it's not completely weird to us because we've always loved the flea market and we've always, you know, Fantastic Man has always sort of like embraced the idea of liking things and sort of admiring things uh, for what they are and not 
just because they're new or in fashion or something. So it was um, it was a theme that we just felt very close to us and that we felt like exploring more. And yet there is a there is a paradox here of, of a magazine that relies on uh, sort of big brand advertising of of the new and and the inevitable relationships that means in terms of uh, uh, fashion and 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 the responses on the commercial side and the idea of everything being kind of reused recycled etc is that something that worried you when you went into it were, were you concerned that you weren't going to be able to show enough fashion in the issue yes i think so um we also think the new has a has a place in in you know in the way we consume things of course um but we also believe it's time for a change and and that being a different place instead of like endlessly pushing things we don't need um but we try to we try not to be too hermetic with this issue or too much we want to be more inspired by it rather than just being dogmatic dogmatic exactly that's the word dogmatic about it which we just chose to also in the fashion stories to do some shoots where it's only vintage pieces and only the inspiration comes from second second hand and even so far that we, we created our own collection for the issue which is on the cover and uh all clothes made in uh from pieces from charity uh, shops and uh, reconfigured and we also have stories in the magazine where we are are um mixing old pieces with new pieces so old meets old meets new in an also new con- configuration we did also did that deliber- deliberately not only to meet the demands of the fashion industry which which is which in our case is real but also to again not be dogmatic about it and of course there is a big tension i mean but uh, but that already I mean, you, you could take that to the very heart of it and say, why do we make a magazine if we, there's, there are already so many good magazines out or there's so many, you know, go to a vintage magazine store or, or a bookstore uh, and uh, you can, you can in one go buy more interesting books than you'll ever be able to read it for the rest of your life, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, you, you know, I, I don't think you can be 100% waterproof about that. Um you know, we you know we honestly, I personally prefer the thrill of a secondhand shop over a new shop because in a new shop I know what I'm going to find. Probably in a secondhand shop, there's always the excitement of finding something that somebody discarded mm-hmm. and um, and that you're super happy with. Doesn't always happen. Usually, it doesn't happen, but it can happen. And so, um, you know, it it is a it is a a genuine excitement that we all have, I think. So mm-hmm. the embracing of old stuff. And having said that, you know, there's nothing wrong with discovering something new. That brings to mind, I mean, there's the fantastic story here about the Carlo Manzi archive. Yeah. And the shots of the, these pristine condition uh, pieces from, from, from um, I don't know, how far back does it go? The 40s, 50s? Probably, yeah. I mean, I think... The, the pieces we shot is mostly like 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they stick very well alongside the uh, the International Mail catalogue, which has always been a favourite of yours, which is good to see in here as well. Yes. Finally, it's appeared it's in the magazine. It's a re- recurring <laughs> fetish. <laughs> True. Well, now, now we really did it, yeah. you know. Uh, don't... 
don't think we're going to do it again, but we, you know, it takes quite an effort to find all these kind of like obscure pieces from international mail, get them together and reshoot them mm-hmm. on, on models and stuff. It takes some effort, but, you know, I think it's quite, it's quite fun. But it's these parts that I think kind of bring the, bring the fun back to it all. These, these are the parts that are obviously the, the, the things that, are, that you're excited by and that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, there's a there's a parallel to all of them, to Carlo Manzi and to International Mail, and also to Little Yorty, the rapper in the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there there are all these there are people that are just obsessed with a certain thing, and they're kind of obsessed with the 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 joy of collecting. I think and sort of getting getting something complete. Um, I think that that's always quite exciting to me. In the in the first. Uh, redesigned issue, the Greek issue, uh, two years ago, we uh, featured Michael Kardamakis, who has, it was a young Greek guy who has the biggest archive of Helmut Lang uh, that he just sort of finds online, and 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 it's 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 really exciting to see. I think to see somebody who has every T-shirt in every color <laughs> and tries to have them in uh-huh. every size. You're in like you're in the in the biggest Helmut Lang shop that never existed uh, when you visit him. And I, I mean, I, I thought his obsessiveness with it was really inspiring. There's a degree of obsessiveness that goes into making this magazine, right? Because there's, now that you've got these themed issues, of course, everything we've just been talking about fits, sits really well within the theme. But then there are, there are other elements which may be, for instance, there's an interview with Adam Curtis, who um, I'm a great admirer of. And it makes absolute sense in one respect to see him in the magazine. But of course, it fits into the theme very well. Does something like that come about because you want to do him and, and you've been waiting for the right theme? Or did he come about because you, the theme brought him to you? I think um, in this case, he came in quite late. And it was not so much that the theme informed uh, us to do him. It was more the fact that he had something new out and he was doing interviews. <laughs> so he's just, this could be interesting. Uh, let's try to do him. And he's just someone who we should have done already, you know, ages ago. And we always want to do it. And I know so many people who are obsessed by him and he's such a cult, a cult figure that I thought like, Oh, if we do him, it, it actually fits very well. It gives him a different angle to the whole theme. So we tried to, to get him and it was an immediate yes from his PR. So that was really exciting. Well, it's a rare example of a of a feature where there isn't a picture, there isn't a sort of portrait. It, 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 you go straight in with stills. Yeah, because he doesn't. He didn't want to be photographed. He just he would just prefer to uh, appear in media without a picture. And then, of course, newspapers they do find an old picture, and it's always from the same Montreal film festival that they find and they put it with the piece. But he himself he prefers not to have a picture with it, which we res- respected, also because he was want to be known by his voice. So that was one of the reasons we put two stills next to it with his, with his voice, with the, uh, the subtitles of things he says in his, his documentary. Yes, because he doesn't appear in his own films. Um, that makes sense. But he has a very recognisable voice, of course, that we all know. Very, yeah. Kind of like half alarming always, but also half comforting. Yes, yeah, so the ultimate big brother voice in a way. Exactly. <laughs> If these are kind of the big, the higher level, the big stories and the big elements that, that go together, then there's always the sort of little details, which is something I love about. Uh, I've always enjoyed about. Well, I think I think it's a, something that all your magazines 
specialise in is little drops of whip that appear. Um, and in this case, in, in the beginning section with the short with the shorter sections, there's there's all the little um, uh, the cheap treasures, little images of of found items that that are thrown across the page randomly. As things like that. Is that hard work, or or is that just that just come? Does it you know you just think of it and do it? It's almost the easiest part, I think, and always comes to the end. And and we do it sort of like we always have a very light touch with it. We just put it in basically in the last weekend, I think. And um, this has happened in the last few issues as well. We do things with corners. In the Rem Colas issue, which which you mm-hmm. uh, picked up, and uh, that came about actually on the last day, uh-huh. and I cannot ex- 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 uh, exactly explain you why that is. It's always part of the of the of the design process, but somehow it never makes sense uh, to include those kind of elements when not everything is done, and we know where everything is, and we know. What we're doing there, what, what kind of irony or what kind of like comments we're sort of injecting in the magazine? Is that something that comes purely from the design side, or is or is it? I mean, is is uh, yeah, and the editorial team putting? Do, do they fit, um, feed into that? Uh, a little bit, but mostly comes from design. I think. For instance, we're using this typeface, this stencil typeface in this issue that came in a little bit earlier. And then it's, you know, it's on the board and, every, and everybody can comment on it. And everybody felt like, hmm, that's interesting. We immediately feel like we're in a secondhand store or we're in this kind of like, or even has this reference for us as, as a kind of like a, like a gay bar and like a very old school gay <laughs> bar. And um, so that immediately felt good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to, uh, I mean, as Job explains, but it's kind of hard to say where it exactly comes in and who is involved in what. I mean, yes, it's it's very much, you know, the, the things you're mentioning are very much something that design sort of like plays with the, in, in the last couple of days. But in, in general, the, sort of the, the three weeks to a month in which we make the magazine, that is the process of sort of like trying, like, shall we try ridiculously long headlines <laughs> until two weeks later, you think like, oh, those ridiculously long headlines, they'll work, you know? So it, it is a... It is a back and forth where you suddenly say, like, you know, what's missing is everybody's age or so, or maybe it isn't everybody's age. I mean, so I mean, maybe I'm, I'm saying the bloody obvious, maybe, but it is. Um, we, we obviously want to play around with what what we have. You know, the, the, you you work for a couple of months on the issue, uh, ultimately from from thinking about it and commissioning to finishing it, uh, and it's only at the very and that you figure out what to, what sort of fun to have with it, and and what and yeah exactly, and also to to respond to it in a way to make fun of it mm-hmm. or to just add some frivolous things. Then you you know everything needs to be in place. Of course, as you say, uh, yeah, the sometimes you you, you can play a lot, play around with something and it seems right and then two weeks later it seems completely wrong so you have to change it has have you ever sort of ended up producing something publishing something that you thought was a great idea and then when you finally see it you think oh no that we just went wrong there i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you want an example do you have an uh, example i'm not sure i mean I don't have an example ready, no. 
um, not that I could think of. I mean, I, I, I do remember that we sort of have thought of headlines in the past where, you know, once you see it printed, you think, ooh, that's sort of doesn't come mm-hmm, across mm-hmm. or so. Or um, I can't, you know, I can't think of one specifically. Um, I think we're also, you know, everybody's sort of very constant, everybody's very concentrated and very focused on, uh, on, on finishing the issue in the end. And uh, luckily, a couple of things are being fished out, you know, as somebody saying, ooh, mm-hmm. this sort of like is a really bad idea. Okay, you know, so we're also don't mind killing our own darlings. Um, but have we made mistakes? Yes, I mean, surely. Are there mistakes in this issue? I mean, it's maybe too early to tell for us. Well, I think we've all been we've all been there in terms of <laughs> opening the first copy and realizing there's a, ty- a typo on the contents page or whatever. So the issue's just come out and it's uh, it's, it's in the shops now, uh, and that, that'll be the first. You know, that certainly in this country we're beginning to open up, so people are going to be able to come into the shop and and, and flick through it and 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 and, and you know enjoy it and and, and act accordingly. What? Um, what, what's next for you guys? What what happens next in your schedule? Are you, are you straight on to working on the next issue? Or, or do you have other projects in hand? We are actually straight on to the next issue. I think this issue that we have in our hands right now took longer than normally to make um, just because of the situation and uh, we didn't want to rush ourselves. We were kind of hoping that the world would open up earlier Um and so the next season is a little bit short for us, but that's fine. I mean, I think we're sort of just steaming on and um, and make a new issue. Um, Do you have a theme yet? We're sort of discussing it. It's a bit early to share, but uh, yes, we're we're heading into a certain direction. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Do you end up with several themes and, and, and you've got pros and cons and back and forth? and Or, or, or do, you, do you generally find, right, that's it? Sort of. I mean, we we end up with sort of three things that we're interested in, and then we all leave it for a week, and then we come back together a week later on the wonderful Zoom program, and then we um, decide. It's also informed by what we very much what we feel and what's right for the moment. I feel, and and I think with the new theme and the new issue, uh, it's also still informed by what is possible and uh, in, in, in doing. You know, which still is a, is a, is a lockdown in, in most European countries, and and we could um, you know meet our colleagues again and 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 set up uh, shoots and productions internationally, and it's looking a little bit different. So I think it took us the month of, or at least it took me the month of April to figure out and get my head around the fact that we're going to make another lockdown issue, basically. Um, so that absolutely informs uh, the theme of what we're going to do. Well, I very much look forward to seeing what the next one's going to be. Are you in London anytime soon, or is that just not? I guess that doesn't happen at the moment, does it? No, but until then, yes, we have to sort of sit down. Well, I mean, the good news here is that bookstores opened again yesterday. I mean, that was a shocker for me that they closed magazine stores and bookstores. Wow. We haven't only yesterday. Yeah. I mean, one of your questions was, have you discovered any new magazines? Well, no. I mean, yeah. bookstores, magazine stores. We couldn't even buy a newspaper. I mean, it's crazy. They stopped distributing financial times in the Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. No, yeah, because because 
because bookstores were closed. But Jeremy, you could say it has been also kind of a bad moment for print, right? With everything being digital and with print being, you know, not really available in most countries. Um, I cannot get a New Yorker here, for instance. Uh, I have it as an app. Really? I have it as an app, but I just, I also feel, I also feel now with the whole lockdown, I'm done with digital. I'm done with Zooming and with emailing. And I, in the evening, I cannot be dragged behind a screen anymore. Yeah. I touch a book or I want to cook or do something physical, you know? But, but, but that's what we're seeing here is, is that um, people are more interested than ever mm, sure. because of that. I can see there's a, um, an issue if, 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 the, if the shops aren't open. Um, but we've been doing, mail, I mean, we've been closed for most of the period, but we we're able to do mail order. Uh, and uh, lots of people were buying because they just have had enough of the screen. Mm, yeah. yeah. That very reason. Yeah. It'll have an interesting effect on people. Hopefully something good comes out of all this nonsense and, and badness. Mm-hmm. Well, at least change as well. I think for us, that, that, that's also good, you know, with us being in, in, in Amsterdam now, it's also the beginning of something of something new as well, and the end of something yeah. else, of course. But, uh, I encourage everyone to get out and enjoy the reuse uh, issue in the meantime. Um, thanks to both of you for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us. Um, enjoy the conversation. Good luck with the issue. And um, yeah, speak soon. Okay, speak soon. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you very much, Jop and Gert, for joining us. We stick in Europe for our back issue. Published between 1956 and 1990 as Foreman's Foreman Purpose, this formerly East German government-sponsored design publication was reinvented by the same editors as Form plus Zweck after reunification of the two Germanys. Working with a series of different designers, the magazine would change design and format to fit the themes. An issue 11 and 12, a double issue from 1995, was put together by Berlin design studio Cyan, working to the theme Repair. Initial attention is taken by the four studs holding the pages together as a form of binding, and by the series of eight holes punched through the entire issue. But look further and the special papers and inks and duotone effects throughout make it a visual feast. Despite being published in German, the layouts are visually exciting to the non-German reader, full of colour and energy. There's an English translation, but its separation from the layouts is a frustration. Yet as a piece of print highlighting the physical possibilities of the format, form plus Zweck is hard to beat. There's an online archive of all the issues except for the final few, and it's, uh, we're sharing that on the notes accompanying this podcast, and it's well worth having a look through those. So thanks for listening. That's all for this episode. We'll see you soon for the next one and I hope you can join us for Mag Culture Live. We love New York. <laughs>